Hello, we are back with the Urbanized Podcast. I'm Wally Brown, and today I'm sitting here with Don Uchiyama, a traditionally trained landscape architect who is now the deputy director of the Bureau of Environmental Services at the city of Portland. Hello. Hello. Hi. So today we're going to um, we're going to interview Don to hear about how her profession and how her practice have um, shaped her understanding of public health, urban planning, and their intersections as long as community as well as community engagement and public involvement. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's okay. get into it. Okay. All right, we have our first question. How does public participation inform your practice? Well, thank you for acknowledging that I have both a background in landscape architecture and that I'm now serving as the deputy director at BES um, because really uh, my answer to this is informed by both experiences. Uh, as a landscape architect and someone who is interested in designing a beautiful place that people love that will also benefit their health and their well-being and their community, um, I uh, know that uh, public participation is woven into every decision that we make. So I come from a place and from a, a, a discipline that expects public participation. It isn't optional. Uh, we're creating spaces either for private property and the client will tell you what they want or in the public setting, which has been my experience, where you know that there are users in the space and that you need to design something that will meet their needs in addition to maybe some larger um, system, system needs. So from a landscape architect, it's a given. Uh, from the position of uh, a leader in our organization and within the city, um, I don't have as much direct connections with the community right now. Um, at different points in my career, I did. They often, you know, they had my phone number. They would call me. They knew they could uh, count on me to help move, um, you know, move the dial or move something down the field, whatever the expression might be. Um, but uh, these days, I don't have as much. And usually, when the community contacts me, it's because it's a, a serious problem. Um, and they have maybe there are legal concerns or there are some other life health life or health safety concerns. So it's not uh, woven into my day-to-day -day activity per se, although I'm not I'm not speaking with the public, but our budget and our um, strategic plan and our metrics and uh, the direction of the bureau is informed by the Portland Utility Board, the pub. And uh, you have a group of uh, citizen volunteers who are dedicating a lot of time uh, sitting in many, many, many meetings, understanding the priorities of the Bureau and how we're spending our money mm -hmm. and, and the money that we get from the citizens, that we get from ratepayers, and guiding uh, our work uh, and representing the community and the ratepayers. So although they're not calling me every day, I know that the whole body of work I have as a leader is um, there's an expectation to uh, have uh, public participation from the pub uh, influence the direction. So it's a it's really it's just the bottom line is it's woven into everything we do. So that's good. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna go straight into the next question. Okay. All right. So it's woven into everything that you do. So with that being said. Do you consider outreach and communications as different skill sets in your practice? Absolutely. Um, I, uh, when I was uh, early in my career, 
I, I often felt that the outreach and the communications was kind of a, a, a little bit shoot from the hip. It wasn't like it, you were trained to do that. You learned on the job, mm-hmm. and you had good experiences, you had tough experiences, and, and you uh, you know modified your approach based on those experiences. It wasn't like someone was training me or uh, guiding me in how to do that work. It came from a, an internal desire to you know meet their needs, but it wasn't like someone was training me. In um, my current job, uh, it, it's also um, uh, where our work is very much influenced by scientists and engineers, and the work can get very technical, and often you want to speak in those terms, and there's a lot of content. And so, again, we have to uh, you know, train ourselves and, and practice distilling that technical information down into something the public can understand. And there isn't like you can take a course on that or that it's uh, a part of your, um, uh, you know, again, your, your professional practice that someone's teaching you that. So it's very much a learn-as-you-go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I would say that both from a landscape architect's perspective and from a leadership perspective, it isn't um, necessarily uh, something that you're given training for, but you learn on the job. And what I've found now, and after 25 years of public service, that sometimes it's often more important than the technical work itself. Yes. Because if you people don't understand you, they can't engage with you, they can't give you your, your feedback, and if you don't understand them, and, and it's vice versa. So um, I, I like to quote my boss, uh, Mike Jordan, mm-hmm. who has often told me how we talk about the work is as important as the work. Yes. And so really treating it as its own discipline and its own area to uh, develop your skills around is really important. Yeah, so it's good. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, we're going to go straight into the next one. Mm-hmm. Do you consider public health to be related to your work? And if so, how? Yeah, for BES, uh, this is an, an easy question. The Bureau of Environmental Services is assigned uh, to manage the uh, wastewater system and then the stormwater and drainage system. And both of those uh, pieces that are in our charter, they basically direct the Bureau and what it needs to do are directly related to public health and safety. So obviously uh, sanitation, it's our job to take away the the so-called dirty water Mm -hmm. and uh, clean it and reclaim it before discharging it into the river or uh, into our uh, waterways, other waterways. So um, it's obvious with the sanitation, with the uh, stormwater and the drainage, it tends to be more of a, a property and safety issues, so issues around flooding and erosion and landslides and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a little bit more of a public safety. But we're, uh, it's, we're very fortunate to have such a clear mission around yes. we're collecting this money from the ratepayer and we're using it to protect public health and safety. So I've worked in some jobs where your mission isn't so clear, so it's, it's, uh, it's great that uh, BES has uh, such a distinct mission. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to get into the next one. We're zooming through these. We're good. Good. Okay. So what would you consider to be the two most closely related disciplines to your field, both as a landscape architect and as the deputy director of, like, the sewer bureau? Yeah. So uh, in landscape architecture, uh, it, it, there, it really uh, could take a lot of different directions. That discipline can take a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. And um, some people are very connected to botany and horticulture and uh, biology mm-hmm. and um, really have uh, really more of a um, 
uh, either a natural resource perspective or more of a horticultural plant, you know, for like specimen plants and what the design looks like when you bring those plants together, more of a gardening, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. kind of experience. And so um, that's, that's probably one side. And then the other side is more connected to engineering and architecture and you're, what you're doing is creating a space around a building or for a building or something that an engineer is designing, a bridge or uh, uh, some other piece of infrastructure. So uh, on the natural resource side, you're dealing more with, with nature and natural systems mm-hmm. and trying to uh, integrate those ideas uh, into a solution where um, on the engineering and um, architecture side, obviously it's, it's a more calculated uh, structural approach. And uh, so the landscape architect by training has to work across those disciplines yes. and has to be a bridge. Yeah. And so uh, th- I think that's real. I really learned to, um, to play that role as a collaborator and a bridge between the disciplines because those two sides can often have very different uh, perspectives. So st- it started with my uh, work in landscape architecture, and then as I um, matured and, and uh, received new assignments in the Bureau, uh, now a part of uh, the leadership team, I see that... Um, uh, you know, we're very closely connected to the elected officials, yes. and so that's uh, important. And I have to say, frankly, I've always been a little afraid of that. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a lot of exposure uh, to that yes. community as I was uh, developing my professional experience. So uh, now I have more exposure, and I'm learning how to uh, listen to that community and to understand what their priorities are and yeah. to uh, not be afraid, but to realize that you know, we can work together and help each other achieve uh, some common missions. So that's uh, important. And then um, I guess the, the, the other side uh, as a leader is understanding that, again, that body of technical work mm-hmm. uh, with the scientists and engineers in our bureau, and in some degree the other bureaus um, were, that are delivering uh, infrastructure. And so it's, um, it's somehow uh, making the connection between what the political... Uh, Mike likes to say the political class wants and what um, the technical or the the bureaucracy can do, mm-hmm. and so we're we get the direction, we get um, ideas, and the political cl- class, the politicians are you know they're representing the community, mm-hmm. so presumably what what they ask us to do is what the community wants us to do, mm-hmm. and then it's our job to move the bureaucracy in that direction. And uh, that's really the hardest part because um, these technical people kind of get locked in their ways and they mm-hmm. have certain ways of working. And, um, and uh, yeah, and, and they define their turf yes. and they um, kind of lock into certain things. So it's really getting building a vision that many different disciplines can see and head towards. Yes. So it's... it's, it's uh, it's, it's, I always like to say that um, I, I haven't practiced as a landscape architect very much. I did a little bit in my career, but I pretty quickly got into administration, mm-hmm. public administration and, and um, management and leadership. Mm-hmm. And I would joke that that work was like a design. It was like a, you know designing a garden, but it was with people. Yes. And I would say it a little bit kind of bittersweet because I love design. Yes. I, lo- I love good design. I appreciate good design. I was like, yeah, but I'm dealing with the people. <laughs> Um, but now I feel a little bit, you know, a yeah. more perspective on it. And it's like, yeah, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to help people yeah. organize in a way where you can be more efficient and get things done. 
So I think uh, there's a little more time under my belt. It, it feels like uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing to uh, help the bureaucracy um, yeah. be more efficient. Yeah. People are just plants that move. That's right. Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's just another type of organism that, yes. yeah, so it's good. In your, I guess, in your personal opinion, what's the most, uh, this is not on the sheet, but what's the most beautiful green infrastructure installation in Portland? Oh, you have to ask me that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a little bit of a a tangent from uh, what we've been talking about so far, but I am ready with an answer on this one. (laughs) Um, As you know, I have a connection to the Japanese community, and um, I uh, have had um, a lot of uh, the good fortune of spending time in the Portland Japanese Garden Mm -hmm. and um, have uh, studied uh, Japanese gardens some. And I uh, love that it's uh, such a cherished space. And uh, I understand that not every green space could be that well taken care of, but it is a model for how we can um, uh, love and maintain our natural uh, systems in our natural areas. Mm-hmm. So although it's a manicured space, it's very designed, it is nature kind of idealized, and mm-hmm. it uh, people, when they go into that space, I think it brings them greater awareness um, and hopefully peace and um, connection to nature. So for me, that's kind of like the most idealized form, but there mm-hmm. are all sorts of, there's it's a spectrum, and there are all sorts of versions of that, um, you know, that kind of span out from that. But if you had to ask me my favorite, um, I, I have a special place in my heart for the, the Portland Japanese Garden. That was great. Yeah. I didn't know it was a stormwater <laughs> installation until... Yeah, and so yeah. then, of course, to see the stormwater installations there, it's uh, just uh, icing on the cake, so to speak, the whole entryway there, that that could be such a beautiful um, uh, drainage way. It's very functional. It gets the water off the site. It keeps people's shoes dry and keeps the building safe. But then it's this beautiful creek that, uh, you know, with stones and uh, plants and uh, lots of nice features for people to enjoy as they go in. So, yeah. That's great. Thanks for asking. Yes, no worries. <laughs> no problem. Okay, so we just have a few more questions. Okay. Exactly two. Okay. Do you consider interdisciplinary approaches necessary or at least desirable to practitioners in your fields? Yeah, I've already touched on this Mm -hmm. a little bit, but it's absolutely necessary. Um, I don't know how you can do really any work in any field uh, without some sort of disciplinary um, um, approach, Mm -hmm. interdisciplinary approach, sorry. So I... um, uh, the work that I'm working on, one of the big projects that I'm working on right now, has a pretty big team in BES, and uh, one of the main motivators of the project is to take some of the design work right now that has currently really been left up just to the engineer uh, and the engineers in the Bureau, but opening it up to a broader range of um, disciplines, including uh, natural resource scientists, biologists, public involvement people, um, project managers, mm-hmm. uh, and so really uh, understanding that everyone has a, a gift and a contribution to make to these projects and that it isn't just up to one discipline um, to solve the problem. And so I just I think that um, we, we have many complex problems that we need to deal with and we have limited dollars and we need to vet 
solutions with multiple pr- perspectives. Yes. And so, you know, you can go too far in that direction, too, and I'm not suggesting that. It's an art to really get the right number of perspectives, but it's, it's really important to have um, our projects reviewed and considered by a range of people because the public needs are, are wide and great and... Uh, we need we need those perspectives. So, and, and I just uh, I just really value in any problem solving that I've ever done, whether it's personal or, or professional. Um, you know, you get more perspectives, you get a richer solution. Yeah. And um, and it's uh, th- you know things are are included that you would never think of on your own. So I just, I really value uh, interdisciplinary work because you get richer. Think more um, inclusive solutions. That's great. Yeah, that's good. I have a follow-up question to that. Okay. What do you think could be done at the training stages of different fields coming in? Mm -hmm. So, like, let's see, like, what could, what could people either like applying to BES or like applying to be like or training to be landscape architects? Mm -hmm. What could they, what could they ask for or look for? in uh, gaining knowledge or perspective from other fields to make them better suited for the work? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, as a student is to uh, take classes in different departments and kind of cross-pollinate with uh, people who are doing other work. And I think mm-hmm. that's becoming more com- common now. And, yes. you know, there are more resources available. But often when I get a chance to inter- interact with students, I, I really kind of dial into where are they... You know, where are they going besides their own uh, discipline or their own area of expertise to get additional information? And I think that there's, uh, again, it, that's where uh, there's, it's just a rich field um, uh, to be able to bring in other, other perspectives. So I guess starting in school, uh, attending other classes is, is very important. And I, I see also that uh, even within like the planning departments and landscape architecture departments, they are including projects where you have to work with other departments. And so uh, not kind of seeing that as a throwaway, yes. but really treating that as um, an opportunity to understand where that other discipline is coming from mm-hmm. and the value that it can bring to your solution. So I think... Um, it's, it feels like the, the society and culture is moving in that direction in some ways. Yes. I don't know in all way, in uh, all disciplines, yes, yes. but it, it feels like certainly in planning and design, uh, there is um, more uh, collaboration. Um, so I think uh, just like communication, not not um, treating it as a second thought mm-hmm. is like real like being very intentional about what the partnership uh, includes and what the interdisciplinary skills can be. So I guess developing maybe objectives or metrics around what uh, those um, relationships can do. So I think uh, that's, that's one. And, and uh, I guess just any, any planning or, or um, um, a problem, any, any social problem that we're working on, uh, acknowledging um, and reaching out uh, to people to um, get multiple perspectives I feel like I'm kind of repeating myself on no, that, but that's... it's it's the same. I remember uh, one time, uh, it was really, I think it was like right after I graduated, I had the opportunity to be in a, um, a very kind of famous up-and-coming up, up office, mm-hmm. a design office, landscape architecture office, and the lead designer 
was there and I was in just for a couple of weeks to kind of shadow some people mm-hmm. and I remember the um, the principal saying something like uh, you know we, we want everyone's ideas I'll even ask um, you know the cleaning person to come in and evaluate this and I remember as a young person thinking really and he and he was serious <laughs> you know he was really serious and he wanted to you know, he was ready to work through the night to kind of get to the solution, and he yes. was willing to talk to anybody that was around. What do you think? Yes. Um, would this meet your needs? And so you have to put your ego down, and you have to really uh, open your mind to, um, you know, you might not have all the answers or um, ha- be able to consider all the things that are needed. So that stuck with me. Early yeah. on, I just thought, wow, that's that's great. Yes, you know, we 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 were like we think we're you know we're all trained and we're ready to go and we know yeah. how to do this. We got it, but actually, we need to kind of open up and know that we need others' help. We can't do it on our own. That's great. Yeah, that's good. We have our final question. Okay. How do you measure outcomes within your field in terms of project analysis? and public engagement. I know that's been very elusive. Yeah, this is a tough one. This yeah. is a hard question. Um, you know, I guess it's uh, it's kind of easy. The the um, kind of cop-out answer is is like if, if uh, the public are, if they're happy, you know, if they're not if they're not banging on your door complaining, yeah. you've met the outcome. Um, but that's a very uh, you know, qualitative, soft uh, answer, and, yes. and I think we can set the bar a lot higher than that. Um, so I, I, um, I think that, uh, we could, um, you know, we, we do, we tend to put a lot of effort into public engagement when we're planning a project. And so we might do some surveys or we might do some interviews and we might, um, uh, you know, collect some data before, um, creating, let's say, a, a new park or a new garden or a new greenway, but maybe afterwards we also need to do that kind of intention, intentional surveying and mm-hmm. querying people. Uh, because usually, like with anything, you, you need to refine over time. And I think a lot of times when we build this kind of green infrastructure, we build uh, parks and green spaces, you go through the whole process of getting it constructed and getting through the contract process, and when the contractor's done, it's done, and you walk away. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly, there's maintenance, but you don't—you're not—you're not approaching it from a place of continual refinement. Mm-hmm. You're just maintaining it. Yes. And so I think the um, treating these public spaces as uh, an ongoing. A kind of art form or an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. would be a way to uh, be more explicit about measuring the progress and the success. Uh, like I said, I think we put a lot of energy in the front end, and uh, once something is built or in the ground, then we're like, okay, it's done. And I, I can't help but say that's one of the things that I really do love about the um, Japanese garden and uh, garden principles, because I think I've heard... Um, some landscape architects who have worked on Japanese gardens say something like, uh, you know, design is 20% of the garden. It's, it's uh, the ongoing, the 80% after it's built that mm-hmm. really matters. And that's when you're looking at how people use it, what they appreciate, and refining it. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't just maintenance. It's, it's refining the space and adjusting the design 
to meet how the how people are using it. And I just don't think we have that reference point at all. I just think I think we just we build it and we're done. And yeah. we'll, we'll go on or we'll pick up the garbage or we'll do whatever. But we we won't we don't we don't leave money or energy to continue to refine it. So again, from a landscape architect's perspective, I think. Um, uh, public, uh, if if the public are using it, if they're in the space, um, then it's successful. Yes. Uh, if it's if it's derelict, if it's if it's um, abandoned, if it's uh, somehow treated poorly, yes. Then we're we're not successful. Um, so that's uh, I think, um, in terms of project analysis, and then with public engagement, I I don't know. I hope that um, that. Uh, I know there's so many things in the background on this. It's it's hard to uh, I, I feel be succinct, but uh, we we're just our country is going through our <laughs> world is going through such difficult times. Yes. And people are are cynical and they're burned out and yeah. they, they don't want to spend the time uh, being engaged necessarily unless yes. they're trying to protect something they don't want to lose. You know that's yes. like the dynamics. So. I don't know. I, 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 it's some utopian vision of, of where people have enough time and, mm-hmm. and enough resources to participate in these discussions and create communities where the dialogue is open yes. and that, um, uh, and that we're, you know, we're just, we're always working together for something greater and bigger than ourselves. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do, but I hope people like you and your colleagues will, uh, Pick up the torch and <laughs> figure figure out figure out how to do this because it's important. Yes. And we're we're so we're so um, fortunate. We have so many resources. We have uh, if anybody can do it, we can. Especially important. So yeah, <laughs> keep up the good work. That's so great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is. Don Uchiyama, traditionally trained landscape architect, who is also my supervisor as deputy director at BES. For full disclosure, I also work here. Wow. Okay, so thank you so much, Don. Thank you, Wally. It was really, really a joy. Yes, thank you.